This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. From London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Standard. It's King Charles' 75th birthday, as the monarch also celebrates 14 months as head of state. Celebrations actually began yesterday, as guests including representatives from the NHS and the Windrush generation enjoyed afternoon tea at the King's private residence, Highgrove House in Gloucestershire. Today, though, he opted for a business-as-usual approach to celebrations – The King visited a surplus food distribution centre with the Queen to officially launch the Coronation Food Project, which aims to tackle food poverty by redistributing produce destined for landfills. And he's also hosting a reception at Buckingham Palace for 400 nurses and midwives as part of this year's NHS 75 celebrations. It's thought he'll also celebrate his milestone birthday privately with family and friends, albeit without Prince Harry, who was reportedly due to send his father birthday wishes over the phone today. Joining me now to discuss our monarch's milestone birthday is the standard's Robert Dex. So Rob, a business as usual birthday for King Charles. First of all, what does that mean and what will his day look like? I mean, from the perspective of anyone who isn't in the royal family, his day will look pretty weird. But for him, I imagine, as you say, business as usual, which sort of says it all. I mean, this is his 75th birthday. That's a fairly big landmark day. I don't think there's many people who spend big landmark birthdays at food reduction surplus centres, <laughs> which is what he's doing. You know, he's he's going to a charity to, to speak to staff about a project to help tackle food poverty by saving surplus food and getting it out to people who need it, um, which is part of one of his big coronation projects. So it is very much, you know, a a working royal, you know, I'm sure there'll be pictures and members of the public to meet and, you know, meeting staff at this charity as well before he sort of gets on to other things. So he's got reception, I think, at the palace tonight. Sounds like a nice birthday treat, but in fact, it's He's going to be there with 400 nurses and midwives because obviously the National Health Service is also 75 years old. So it is a, a sort of a, a classic royal day, I suppose, very much a, a public day, even, even though it's privately, you know, uh, his birthday. And what does it say about Charles as king that he is doing these good causes like the Coronation Food Project? As you say, on his birthday, but not any birthday, a landmark birthday. 
our royal editor Robert Jobson's written something in today about having had a, a chat with the king. He's sort of saying, you know, he's in a rush to do stuff, and and that I suppose that is because, you know, he's obviously only just come to the throne at an age when most people are thinking about not working, you know, and, and having stopped their careers or whatever it may be. So he is obviously determined to be busy, I guess, to make make up for lost time. And if his birthday gets in the way of that, his birthday gets in the way of that, I suppose, is his prob- probably his attitude. That's it. And it, it does seem as though, as you sort of said, he's, he's doing well for 75 years old in such a powerful role. Most people, you know, as you mentioned, are thinking about quitting work, really. It's, it was interesting. I, I spoke to um, a few different people who sort of work in organisations or charities he's he's set up and um one of them was people at the Felix project that you know the evening standard works with which is all about food poverty and food waste which sort of ties in with his environmental concerns but also you know with how the cost of living is crisis is affecting people now and the other one was I, I spoke to the president of turquoise mountain which he set up more than 10 years ago you have to forgive me on the dates which basically works with highly skilled artisans in war zones, essentially, um, you know, sort of keeping skills alive, helping them pass them on to the next generation, connecting these people with markets in the West so they can sell what they make. And it's, you know, it's fascinating the work it does. And um, of all the charities he could back, all the projects he could set up, you know, there are others that, that would be more easy to do, that would be more easy to make a success of. But um, it's obviously something that really matters with him. And I think it's sort of all comes into the same sort of concerns. This is about sort of ensuring that traditional skills aren't lost, which maybe isn't an environmental concern in, in the stricter sense that we think of you know, environmental issues, but actually is it, it's all about the sort of world we live in. And it, it, he, he doesn't want it to be the sort of world where these great skills are lost and these beautiful things that all these people make. So that it's, it's people who work sort of... Um, it's everything from jewellers to calligraphers. There was a, a guy who made I think, mother of pearl jewellery in Syria and, and, and all this sort of stuff. And it, it's all it's all one thing, I think, for him, isn't it? He, he just he clearly wants to leave an, an imprint on the world, and um, and that's part of the reason why I suppose he's he's working and not not putting his feet up as he, as he gets to seventy five. He is a, of course a keen environmentalist and has done a lot around sort of eco projects. Do you think he'll push on with, with that work as well quite keenly through the rest of his tenure? I think so, because it's it's clearly just so hugely important to him. And it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because um, we saw Prince William, was it last week, with the Earthshot Prize, which is essentially carrying on that work, isn't it? It's all about rewarding sort of startups and inventors who are thinking of ways to mitigate the, the worst effects of the environmental crisis. So, you know, he's he's already passed that on to the next generation. So maybe he'll step back and sort of think, I'll let William take the lead on this. But it obviously matters to him, I think, more than anything. And I understand he is due a call from Prince Harry today. What's their relationship looking like now from what we know? I mean, not great, but equally, um, they're obviously speaking. So it could be much worse. And that's sort of, I suppose, the classic royal dilemma, isn't it? It's all these... He can do all these great you know, public causes and, and give to all these amazing organisations and help support them. But the private relationships will always be what people are really interested in. And, and what he's got to do, I suppose, is kind of try to keep the public stuff to the front and, and not let the private family saga take over. But no, I mean, they're, they're speaking, you know, at the same time, Harry isn't rushing back to be by his side today. But it, I mean, if you think what's happened, you know, Harry and Meghan 
essentially quitting the royal family, you know, that Oprah interview, the book, where, you know, he was pretty rude about his father's new wife. The fact that they're still speaking, to whatever extent, is, is maybe a triumph, you know? Maybe maybe that's about as, as much as you can hope for, because it could quite easily have gone the other way. So there's clearly some impetus on both sides to, to try to keep some sort of relationship going. Let's take a break now. In part two, we take a look back at some of our front pages featuring King Charles with Melanie McDonough. He's got the full kind of regalia, the ermine cape, the sceptre and crown, and the crown is ever so slightly lopsided, so he looks um, terrifically ill at ease, but um, really rather kind of young and ingenuous. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Joining me now is columnist for The Standard, Melanie McDonough. So, Melanie, you've been looking back at all of our front pages featuring Charles, obviously formerly Prince Charles, now King Charles. Does he feature a lot in The Evening Standard over the years? Yes, I mean, to an extraordinary extent. And obviously, it goes back over time. One of the earliest ones we've reproduced today um, is from 1969 and is investiture as Prince of Wales. And he looks terribly young and terrifically awkward. His mother, the Queen, is in kind of civilian dress, as it were. But he's got the full kind of regalia, the ermine cape, the sceptre and crown. And the crown is ever so slightly lopsided. So he looks um, terrifically ill at ease. But um, really rather kind of young and ingenuous and it's quite a nice image but I see that over the headline we find that there are bomb threats and um, arrests and so I think um, Welsh nationalists took exception to the whole ceremony which just goes to show that there were kind of civic disputes and protests against the royals over time. In fact, later on, we find in the 70s, there's a bottle thrown at, at the prince as he drives in his car. So although one imagines that kind of militant Republicans are very much a phenomenon of our time, you did have the odd episode in the 60s and 70s as well. And what are some of the sort of bigger occasions, I suppose, that spring to mind when it comes to our coverage of the monarch? Well, of course, there was the engagement to, to Princess Di, Lady Di as she was back then. 
That was the uh, very memorable image of Charles trying to look taller than Diana in the photograph. And um, they both look very happy and Diana looks absolutely blissful. But it was early in her formation as a celebrity and she was still a young ingenue. That's a lovely front page, though obviously it um, took on a different aspect over time. And then um, we've got in our own time, or rather in 2018, a picture of Meghan with rather a small Prince Charles, where the headline is that Charles is going to walk Meghan down the aisle. So that brings us into the marriages of his two sons and Harry's bride before the fallout and the the way that the relationship went a little sour. And um, then we've got his own marriage to Camilla, which took a long time to bring about. It was a civil ceremony and fairly low-key. And then um, we've got the occasion when he stood in for the Queen at the State Opening of Parliament and he's talking about the weight of history. And that's when we first had the intimation that the Queen, the late Queen, was in fact mortal and that there would come a time when Charles would in fact succeed her. And this is the first time that we actually saw what that would look like with um, Charles delivering the government's programme. And that was rather another poignant moment. And then we've got some of the standards campaign echoed by the Prince. So the campaign for homes for young Londoners. So the Prince is saying um, we must end the scandal of homelessness, more homes for Londoners. And um, the standard appropriated the Prince as a Londoner in its um, inclusion of the King in the, I think it was the top thousand, top Londoners. Anyway, he managed to scrape into the top hundred, I gather. And um, it was claimed as a Londoner, though, of course, um, there are other bits of the UK who will have their own views about this. And I was actually going to ask about how big a role he's had in London when you look back at, at some of our front pages. It, has he had quite a, a keen, a strong, a prominent role in the capital? Well, yes, because the great events of the royal family's lives take place uh, in London. So we have a front page recalling his lonely visit to accompany the coffin of the late Queen Mother, whom he was very much attached to. And um, of course, that funeral, like the other great funerals, took, takes place in London, as indeed do most of the weddings, uh, though not in fact that of that of Meghan, or indeed with Camilla, though that was a second marriage. So um, all the great occasions of state, really, the coronation, and we have a coronation special that we reproduce today, the coronations, the funerals, most of the um, weddings, they all happen in London. And effectively, London is where the ceremonial really comes into its own. And when you've got the great events like the Buckingham Palace gatherings, then that happens there too. So I think that the great events of his reign are all commemorated in the standard, obviously, first of all, in black and white, and most recently as with today's cover, which is a recreation, a rather nice spoof of the Sgt Pepper album from 1967 that's in vivid colour. So in a way, the whole succession of front pages comes to life with the advent of colour. I think that um, the Sgt Pepper um, front page is rather nice. I gather we've got um, Prince um, Harry tucked away in um, a helicopter, very small in the top left-hand corner. But what's interesting, apart from the King Charles Spaniel, which is plainly a play on his own name, uh, is that we've got lots of flowers and, and living things at the bottom of the page, which replicates his interest in the environment. And in that respect, I think he's um, done himself proud and that he was ahead of the herd and had our contemporary obsessions before their time. 
There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.